audio newspaper full of very unserious, partially real stories that the world needs to hear. More listening and less reading than the newspaper, but equally as sexy. This is Paper News Out Loud. Hello and good evening. I'm your host, Diane Weathersby. Hello and good morning. I'm your co-host, Florence Strumsboo. Thank you for listening to Paper News Out Loud. So, Florence... Do you think we should tell the listeners about our recent Dungeons and Dragons adventures? (laughs) They were very real and very magical. We killed many a spider. So many spiders. Using weapons. The fun part was we weren't even supposed to go down that hole in the basement. We just did. And our DM had to make up an entire hour and a half battle. For us to engage in. Shout out to our DM for being a great sport and definitely not being a big jerk about it when we took a break. <laughs> he's, he's doing a great job. <laughs> what does Dungeons and Dragons and today have in common? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day Eve, everyone. Today is the day before Valentine's Day, which as everyone knows is the most chocolate-filled day of the year. But did you know that the holiday is actually supposed to celebrate love? What? Who knew? No. Who knew? No. <laughs> Commercial America, you ruined another one for oh, us. dang. Okay, so despite popular belief, Valentine's Day was not started by the squirrel overlords that own and control all greeting card companies. The holiday of love and chocolate actually has an interesting and layered past that is anything but romantic. So, when you're celebrating your loved ones or passing out valentines to your neighbors, you can take a moment and reflect on the dark history of the day you're celebrating, hopefully diving deep into a crippling and existential crises about how horrible our past is as a human race. I do that every day. <laughs> At least once a day. <laughs> I write it in my schedule. There's not an exact origin of the holiday, but um, historians can kind of estimate when it started, so we're going back to ancient Rome, everyone. When Hallmark was founded. <laughs> Close, but, but not farther. But farther back and more in Rome instead of America. Okay. So much like many horrific modern day things, the festivities started in ancient Rome. The seat of civilization. I don't think that's true. I don't think it's true. Either. I think that's Mesopotamia, isn't it? I can't remember. I have no idea. So the feast of Lupercalia... I'm saying that wrong, but we're going to go with it, was um, an ancient Roman festival where men sacrificed a goat and a dog, and then they whipped women with the hides of the recently sacrificed animal. Interesting. I'm wondering why we don't still celebrate this (laughs) in this way to this day. I'm confused too, but actually we'll learn about that later in the history of Valentine's Day. (laughs) Fantastic. So surprisingly, many women were on board with this whipping because they believed it would make them fertile. Ugh. <laughs> <God>. Anyways, <laughs> that's not even the sexiest part of the evening. After that, there was a matchmaking lottery, matchmaking lottery, where the young men would draw names of women from a jar. This is the romantic part of the Feast of Lupercalia. They would be together. Brown chicken wow wow. For the duration of the festival, and then if the matching was work and they felt like it was a good match, they would stay together longer after that. Interesting. So if you're looking to mix things up on Valentine's Day with your significant other, I would not recommend trying to bring back this tradition. No one needs to be whipped with the highs of recently sacrificed animals. 
Okay, but let's fast forward to the Please. time. <laughs> leave that behind us. To the time of Emperor Claudius II. He executed two men, both named Valentine, on February 14th. But it was like three years apart. So one Valentine was executed and then oh. like two to three years passed and then another Valentine was executed. But it was on the same day, February 14th. So the Catholic Church celebrated their martyrdom because they were their saints, obviously St. Valentine. Um, and the festival in the church was called St. Valentine's Day. But no one was exchanging paper cards or flowers quite yet. Years later, Pope Jellius. Jellasius. <laughs> Jellasius, um, number one. So I think it's the first. <laughs> He's number one. He was number one. Combined Valentine's Day with Lupercalia to kind of... This sounds like an illness. I feel like it was supposed to be like Lupercalia or something. Something, like, something Roman. Something probably more pretty than yeah, Lupercalia. our accents allow. <laughs> For any of you Romans out there. You could just... Phonetic pronunciation, please. But anyway, the church combined the Om um, Saints Day with the ancient Roman tradition festival, whose name I will not try to say again, to kind of squash out that pagan ritual. Like so many other holidays. I know, it's how we got we here. We just learned about Groundhog Day mm -hmm. and the history of Candlemas. And now here we this are. so much fun. But that didn't quite make the celebration completely tame or PG though, as it was still considered to be a day of fertility and love. So I'm sure there was still a lot of matchmaking going on. So eventually the goat and the dog sacrificing wore out of the holiday, thank goodness. And it became a little bit more romantic and a little bit less gruesome. Famous playwrights of the time, Chaucer and Shakespeare, not only wrote love stories to withstand the test of time, but also romanticized St. Valentine's Day in their work, which helped the holiday increase in popularity throughout Europe in the Middle Ages. So this is kind of the first time period when homemade paper cards were exchanged during the Middle Ages. So it's kind of where it all began. And in my personal opinion, is much better than whipping your dream girl with an animal eye. I mean, unless that's something you enjoy. And you both consent and to. You and you have a safe word. But don't do it at a <laughs> festival and make it like, like, no, that's not. It probably won't make her more fertile. I feel like most of that wasn't consensual. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so Valentine's Day today. So the Industrial Revolution in the 19th century made it easier than ever for greeting card companies like Hallmark to mass produce Valentine's Day cards, which is when Valentine's Day transformed into a commercial multi-billion dollar industry. I'm just gonna follow the money. I know, exactly. <laughs> so in 2010, Valentine's related sales reached about $17.6 billion, and th those numbers are on the rise, so it just keeps getting more and more every year. Um, so in the modern era, we see Valentine's Day being celebrated with confessions of love, Instagram posts, and romantic dinners. But most importantly, loading up on discount candy on February 15th. Okay, so Valentine's Day is tomorrow. So if you're a garbage person and a procrastinator that needs to plan something romantic for that special boo in your life, we have some suggestions to keep the love levels high on Valentine's Day. Remember, you don't have to break the bank to show someone you care. Cook them a romantic dinner at home and then load up the car with blankets and hot chocolate if that's appropriate for your climate and drive out to look at the stars. Then take your boo to the UFO crash site that you found in the woods last week. 
Both of you lay your hands on the intergalactic metal of the UFO and vividly hallucinate about other planets millions of miles away until you wake up, panting and confused, several days later. This life-changing experience will only bring you closer. Maybe your honey is super into cologne or perfume. Instead of dropping hundreds of dollars on high-end scents at the store, try DIYing your own and put it in a cutely decorated bottle. Make sure it smells like something meaningful to your relationship. For example, let's say you met at the gym. Try infusing the smell of your deodorant and sweaty sock into one tantalizing scent. Personally, I met my fiancé at a restaurant where we both worked. So for him, I would capture the smell of deep fryer oil, syrup, and bleach. Ah, the smells of love. Maybe you want to tell the one how much they mean to you in a grand and romantic gesture. Have no fear, you have lots of options. There is clearly the safe route to take, skywriting. Be a creative human and you want to show it. Instead, train a small army of ants to spell out I love you on your sweetheart's front lawn, someplace they can easily see it. Then have the ants act as your butler all night and bring you wine and chocolate dipped strawberries. Of course, Always remember to fairly pay and tip your ant workers as they are doing you a service. Let's say you're single as a Pringle on Valentine's Day. Have no fear. Odds are you love something in the world, so make sure you celebrate that. There is nothing in the rule book that says you must celebrate romantic love on Valentine's Day. Take your parents out for coffee, get your nails done with your sister, buy yourself a book or a treat because self-love is important too. Personally, if it were in my power, I would write each individual who works for Netflix a lengthy and intimate Valentine's Day card because they treat me better than anyone else could, except for when they took Bob Burgers off of Netflix. That was ridiculous. That was just wrong. I know it's on Hulu and I also have access to it that way, but I just don't think I can forgive Netflix because now I have to watch it with ads because I'm a cheapo. <laughs> yeah, I had to upgrade. I couldn't take it. So I guess they got what they wanted. <laughs> Follow the money! <laughs> Thanks for nothing, Hulu. Just kidding. Gosh, Please don't man, ban my I membership. so much. <laughs> From the creative minds of Florence and Diane, we would like to share with you a story written to take you on a journey through love. It's called Better Than Every Sexist Rom-Com You've Ever Watched. Enjoy. You are sitting at a coffee shop late at night. You like going to this coffee shop late at night because it's quieter than going in the morning and sometimes the baristas give you leftover scones that are starting to dry out. Today, the smiling barista sets a slightly stale orange and almond scone next to your drink. It's a good day. You're pretending to read a book, but you're actually sipping at your hot chocolate, waiting for the bell hanging above the door to ring, announcing another guest has entered the shop. As you're waiting for them to arrive, your nervous mind starts to wander. You start to think about the last time you were this nervous, and it only compounds, making you at least three times as nervous as you were before. You sigh and readjust, glancing at the doorway, while trying to think about something else. Literally anything else. You start picking at the scone and crumbling it between your fingertips. None of it actually passes your lips, and you stare over the pages of the book at your reflection in the window. You can see a streetlight and a figure illuminated beneath it. The bell dings and you perk up, gently touching the penny in your pocket. She walks through the door, different than you remember her last. She's taller. Her hair is soaking wet, even though there is no rain outside, and it's streaked with gray. 
You're off from her. Not always quite in the same place, but somehow always stumbling into shared moments. You touch the penny again. Something whirs in your ear and a metallic taste pass over your tongue. Too far. But you pause to take her in. You forgot how dark her hair once was, and how she spent too much money streaking it with a purple that reminded you of the sky just moments after sunset. She's shorter, yes, but somehow she seems taller. You haven't met yet, and you notice a delicate gold bracelet on her wrist. The tattoo you have emblazoned in your mind's eye still has yet to appear under that bracelet. She walks to the counter and smiles at the barista. You touch the penny and see her once again. The coffee shop zips forward. It's a yoga studio now, and your scone is no longer at your fingertips. But you're sitting in a brightly colored chair with a fitness magazine on your lap. The woman on the cover smiles a plastic smile. There's movement outside. She's speaking through the window, two hands pressed against the glass to keep the glare of the sun out. She's past you now. Hey, nothing lasts forever. There's a smaller version of herself with her, tugging at her mother's sweatshirt and pointing at a dog not far off the street. You find your eyes meeting hers. For a second, they look confused. Then they light up. She gives you a little wave, but lets her daughter pull her towards the dog. She knows the order of your story. Now isn't your time to be together. You touch the penny again. Ah, oh, finally. She's reading a book, the purple no longer in her hair. She hasn't noticed you yet, and that's all for the better. You sit back in the armchair you find yourself comfortably placed in and turn on the fireplace. She hears a soft whoosh of the flames bursting to life, sets her book down, and without missing a beat, tosses a remote at you. It's your turn to decide, she says, finally beating your eyes, and for a moment you pause to appreciate the way the reflection of the firelight dances within hers. You've learned to cherish these moments and get up to embrace her. You scoot your way into her armchair that was clearly not designed for two people. So, where are we, darling? You whisper in her ear. She laughs. Don't you mean what? Ah, oh, romance. May you find everlasting love, and may it be in the strangest and most unexpected ways possible. Aww. Aww. So giant sentient teddy bear smashed through a wall like the Kool-Aid man, locked us in a closet with six pounds of chocolate, so I'm not complaining, and etched this message into the kitchen floor with a heart-shaped arrow. It read, Dear Florence and Diane, This year, myself and a group of my good pals are getting together to celebrate friendship on February 13th, often referred to as Galentine's Day. I want to make them all cards that show how much I care about them, but I'm having trouble coming up with ideas. Do you have any way I can make them each personalized cards that are reflective of the wonderful beings they are inside? XOXO, platonically in love. Well, platonically in love, there is nothing I love more than celebrating all kinds of love during this holiday season. I also love making cards and crafting and wine, but I digress. Nevertheless, we reach out to WikiHow to help us help you. Okay, so first you need to gather your materials. Take a trip to a craft store or rummage around your home to find things you can stick to a card. This can be your run-of-the-mill pipe cleaners, googly eyes, and glitter, but you can also use twigs, doorknobs, and eraser shavings. Take all your found objects and lay them out on your workspace. This will help get the creative juices flowing. If you're having a hard time gathering materials in your human home, try making a trip to the craft store. As you may know though, in order to enter a craft store, you must sell your soul to its maker for six years. 
but definitely worth it to access all those Valentine's Day craft deals. Stock up on paper. Paper is commonly used in card making due to its foldability and the fact that it can be written on. If you don't have access to paper, you can use sections of your bed sheets or tree bark, which is kind of pre-paper anyway. So before you even start on the card, you need to do some prep work. Write down an exhaustive list of all your friend's best qualities. You'll want to reference these qualities along with inside jokes and unsolved murder mysteries to make them feel special. Interview your friends and ask them deep and personal questions. Ask them shallow and impersonal questions. Get to know them on all levels. Learn what it feels like to be their acquaintance and learn what it feels like to be their arch nemesis. This will bring you closer to them and helps you discover their weaknesses should they turn evil and you are tasked with bringing them down. It's a good life hack if you want to be a superhero one day. <laughs> or if they want to be a superhero and you need to be their enemy. It's multifaceted, really. Mm -hmm. Live behind their couch for two to eight days. Anything you didn't know about them before should become apparent within this time frame. Use this as inspiration for your cards. Or you can gather things they leave behind. Save them to give as a gift to go with the card. Oh, they come over and made a plate dirty? Add that to their Valentine's Day box to be given as a gift. It will remind them all of all the great times you've had together. Before you can start on any of the card making, you need to prepare your workspace. Light candles around the room. 47 candles should be enough to illuminate the darkness. Use a variety of scents to jog sense memories about your friends to fuel you while you are crafting. Prepare plenty of snacks. A typical card making session can last up to 18 hours depending on how many friends you have and how deeply you love them. You will need plenty of cashews and gummy bears to help you power through. The card making ritual is very delicate and if you take too long of a break before all the cards are completed, they will disintegrate into ash. Hang a lettuce leaf on your front door to indicate that you should not be disturbed during crafting time. An unknown side effect of the lettuce leaf on the door could be a rabbit infestation, but Easter is just around the corner, so we'll just kind of brush them away until then. Yeah, you can save them up for the Easter celebrations. You're going to need at least a to engage in. thousand bunnies. You might need more lettuce leaves, actually. But they're actually self-producing, so you could really only need two bunnies, and then it'll yield at That's least right. 12 billion bunnies. I forgot rabbits can do that. Congratulations! You're ready to start your crafting session. Here are a few things you can do to make your cards fun and make the recipients feel like they are one of a kind. Play with language and puns on your cards. This is the funnest part. Play with the words. Spend some time with them. Explore double meaning and alliteration. Teach them how to play rummy. The happier the words are, the better they will sound to your friends. Create a secret language and a secret language translation to English or the language of your choice book. Give it to your friend two to four months in advance so they can learn the secret language. Write their card entirely in your made up words and laugh about how mysterious you both are. Do fun things with the card design. Make a tic-tac-toe board so you can play a game when you present it. Draw a maze in the shape of a heart, anatomically correct, and time them to see how fast they can complete it. Compare the times to your other friends and present an award to the fastest maze completer. 
write out all their deepest and most intimate secrets in large black letters. So large that the ink bleeds through the paper and onto the table and therefore onto their souls. That way they know that they are, in fact, your best friend because you know so much about them and no one would be able to question it. Stencil a design onto the card. Make sure it is something that means something to both of you, but means nothing to anyone else. You can trace anything that fits onto the front of a card. Maybe they miss their dead goldfish. Find the bones of this fish and trace those. Do they really like Broadway musicals? Trace the sound waves as they float through the air. Remember, the only limit is your commitment to this friendship. If they don't get the reference, you know they aren't a true friend and you can ditch them in the coming year. Another fun thing you can do with these cards is to add objects to them. Candles. They are a fun, decorative item and really light up a room. Attach candles to the inside of the card. Enchant the card with a turn of flame so the candle lights up when they open it. Write, like this candle, my love for you will never die. Remind them that the candle will burn forever and will burn down everything they care about if they are not careful. Do you want your beloved friends to know you on a deeper level? Tape your hair and fingernail clippings to the front of the card. Then, if they so desire, they can clone you and make a billion versions of you to be friends with. Imitation is the truest form of flattery, after all. Tape letter magnets or scrabble pieces to the card instead of writing the words. This gives it a crafty touch. Put the letters in a random order and force them to solve the puzzle. Once they solve the puzzle, pour Gatorade on them like they just won the Super Bowl. Friends love feeling like winners. So true. Hide tiny toy animals inside the card, such as a lion or a hippo. They can later put these on their nightstand or shelf to always remind them of you. Alternatively, you can attach a real animal to the card, such as a giraffe or a leopard seal. You'll have given them a new companion and increased your friend group by one. Another thing you can do is attach your own beating heart. Nothing says love more than self-sacrifice and eternal devotion. Sign a contract with a New York City sewer rat that will allow you to remove your beating heart and continue living. Bind your soul to your friends to prove that you are in it for the long haul. If all else fails, cover the card in glue and dump glitter on it. The glitter will inevitably get onto their bodies, clothes, carpet, and everything in their life. They will remember you for years to come. So remember folks, your platonic friendships are important too, and you should take the time to celebrate them. Making them a card is just the first step in showing them that you care. Don't be mistaken, it is the most important step. You will be judged on the quality and heartfulness of the card and it will determine how much love you will receive until next Valentine's Day. Further steps include gift giving, custom wine recommendations, and marathon Netflix sessions. Good luck with your card making and Valentine's Day celebration. Valentine's Day is about love. Love for yourself, your friends, your family, your sweethearts, your pets, your favorite fictional characters. With so many people to give love to, how can you manage to give it to everyone? What's your plan for spreading love on the most love-filled day of the year? To get the most out of Valentine's Day, I'm going to wake up at the crack of midnight to kickstart the festivities. The first part of my day is devoted to self-care and indulgence because you can't do your best for others if you don't take care of yourself first. I'm going to catch up on emails, pay bills, drink a glass of wine, and take a relaxing bath. 
Then I will spend the day methodically gorilla gluing oversized Valentine's cards to everyone's front door. The cards will contain directions for a scavenger hunt that I've set up throughout the city. The scavenger hunt will include trinkets and locations, but the treasure will have been love all along. Prizes for the scavenger hunt include self-respect, better friendships, a deeper understanding of humanity, and a life-size teddy bear holding a heart. I'll end the day surrounded by people I care about most. How are you celebrating, Florence? Well, for starters, I will make a collective and all-inclusive list of everyone who has positively impacted my life this year. Then, I will make small, personalized gift bags for each and every one of them. Each will include a bullet point list stating their three best qualities. Then, I will rent a helicopter for a day and go out and try to parachute the gift bags down so they land mysteriously at the recipient's feet. Then, using military-grade binoculars, I will watch their reactions and giggle in delight as they express happiness at the gift bag. I will then happily helicopter away onto my next loved one. I will be doing this well-dressed as the image of true love, a slice of pizza where the crust is also garlic bread. Our challenge for you is to go out there and spread the love in whatever way works best for you. Today, Cupid zipped down from the sky and repeatedly bombarded me with heart-shaped arrows. Not because he wants me to find love and happiness. No, because I owe him money and Cupid is a thug. That's the telltale sign that the podcast is coming to an end. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to what we had to say. If you like what you heard, subscribe to Paper News Out Loud for more great episodes. If you liked what you heard a lot, leave us a review on iTunes saying what you liked. Please write a four-page essay, double-spaced, about the history of Valentine's Day. This will count as part of your final grade. If you're in love with what you heard, make Valentine's Day cards out of abstract concepts and email them to us. Include the transcript of your favorite action movie in the subject line. Please rate and subscribe for more great episodes. Thank you so much for listening. I want to thank all the wonderful people in my life and let them know that I appreciate them. Aww, that wasn't sarcastic. (laughs) Speaking of one of those wonderful people, I want to thank Jake Harrison for allowing us to use his track titled Five off of his album Found on SoundCloud. Thanks, Jake. You can find his music through the link or by searching at this. And as always, we are looking to showcase community art in a rotating segment, creatively named Community Art. We've had some great submissions in the past. Keep them coming, folks. Keep them coming. You can submit short poems or visual art or, you know, artistic pictures of your armpit to us through email at alternaterealityproductions at gmail.com. Or you can email us just to say hi or let us know what you like about the show, if anything. You can tweet us at realityoutloud. Share with your friends. Retweet us. Ooh. 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 (laughs) Ooh. We hope you learned a thing and made a laugh. Oh! Ooh! Oh! Then Cupid soars out of the heavens and he's carrying a pizza with garlic bread. Crust. Should we go get you some pizza, Florence? Let's go get some pizza. No, I think you need to get you some pizza. You're not supposed to eat after 7.30.